0: Ask, 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 ask What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1200. Big milestone episode. I have a big announcement to make at the end of this episode, so make sure you stick around for that, but... What's really cool is we are in December of 2021 right now, which means we are in our where are they now sort of stretch within Ask Pat here. And I love these episodes. We bring back people who have been on the show before. And today we're bringing back Meryl Johnston. Meryl is the founder and CEO of, of Bean Ninjas. Yes, like bean, like a bean counter, but bean ninjas.com. It's an accounting service, and she was on episode 1113 a long time ago, a couple of years ago, and a lot has changed since. A lot of big announcements that I didn't even know about that she mentions in this episode, and I'm excited because it really shows us the progression that an entrepreneur can make over time, and really something to shoot for, She's starting a family or has started a family. And so, of course, this now reflects, well, what does she do in her business and how does she do her work and time management and balance and that sort of stuff? The business has since made some pivots. And we're going to talk about all that today. So let's not wait any further. Here she is, Meryl Johnston from Beanninjas.com. Meryl, welcome back to Ask Pat. It's really great to chat with you again.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here.
0: I think it was episode 1113, and that was quite a while ago. It was a a couple of years ago, I think, and a lot has happened. I know you have some new additions to the family and some other fun things have been happening. But overall, since the last time we've chatted, how have things been?
1: Things have been great. So so when we last chatted, I came to you with a problem. We were trying to figure out, I run a, a bookkeeping business and we weren't sure, should we go really niche or not niche, as as you Americans say. Yes,
0: that's how we say it.
1: <laughs> we were feeling a bit overwhelmed with the direction of the business. And I, I came to you with a problem around, should we specialize or should we build a separate brand in mm-hmm. e-commerce? And after our episode, you said, don't build another brand. And I'm so glad we didn't. What a ridiculous Ugh. idea to put all that effort into to building another brand. And so the business has evolved. We've grown to a team of 25 I moved to a four-day work week, which I'm super excited about to spend more time with my family, surfing a little bit more. We went through some ups and downs with the pandemic and had to make some tough business decisions through that, but we've come out the other side of that. So I'd say some of it's been a rough road over the last two years, but but generally we've come out the other side and and things are good.
0: Well, I'm so happy to hear that and I'm so grateful that you didn't start something new because... That could have been tough, but how did you adjust to the problem that you came with and the idea of, well, we're gonna go into e-commerce and you know, that sounds like separate to what we're doing now. How did you integrate those things? What does the business at B Ninjas look like right now?
1: Back when we spoke, we had our ideal client was an e-commerce. Client, an e-commerce brand that needed mm-hmm. help with their bookkeeping. That was our ideal client, but we worked with all kinds of businesses. We, we, when we first started, we worked with everyone. We had plumbers, signwriters, agencies, lawyers. We, we, work, we did bookkeeping for everyone and we moved into focusing on online businesses, but that's still very broad. There's yeah. there's people selling online courses. That's still quite a broad category. So we knew our ideal client, but I think we were too scared to, to pull the trigger and, and on our homepage say, we do bookkeeping for e-commerce and mm-hmm. that felt like a risk. And because of that risk, I was thinking, well, should we just build a separate brand so we can cater it to everyone, but then we can also work and, and attract these e-commerce businesses. So the way we approached it was just over time, we worked with more and more e-commerce brands and we gradually changed the positioning of our core brand, bean to be more e-commerce focused, but it was just a very gradual transition. So over a period of two years, if anyone was looking at our website, the header got more and more specific around, we work just with digital agencies and e-commerce. And now the Mm -hmm. tagline is e-commerce growth accountants. We help e-commerce businesses scale from seven to eight figures. But we we weren't comfortable ripping the bandaid off initially and saying that we were just e-commerce specialists. So it took us two years of gradual iterations to feel comfortable. And I think we were worried about upsetting our existing clients who, who weren't e-commerce brands.
0: That makes sense. And I think that in many cases, a lot of us feel like we either have to go all in right up front or not at all. But you're sharing that, well, you can take a gradual approach. Now, does this mean that you now only focus on e-commerce and the others, the agencies and, and whatnot are no longer a part of the picture for Be Ninjas?
1: Yeah, that's correct. But the, again, that was an iterative approach where right. it started with we just don't accept new clients that aren't in the e-commerce space, Where we still look after all of our existing clients. And then gradually, we started to find new accountants for the non-e-commerce mm-hmm. businesses. And, and we still do have some of our favorite clients who are in e-commerce. We still do look after, after them. So it's not 100%, but I would say that something like 70% of our client base is now in the e-commerce space. And definitely any new client is e-commerce.
0: That's great. What do you think the best thing about moving into this direction has been for your business as opposed to if you had just stayed with where you were?
1: Two things. So from a positioning perspective, it's really clear. So originally, we were competing with thousands of accounting and bookkeeping firms. Whereas now in Australia, there's only 5 other firms that specialize in e-commerce and there's a few more in, in the US. So it really narrowed down our positioning. And, and now if, if a brand comes to us, then they feel like they're in the right place because all of the language we use, the accounting issues that they have around inventory and cost of sales and landed costs,
0: all right, of that right.
1: speaks right to them. So from a marketing perspective, our lead, the number of leads, but the quality of the leads that we're attracting our ideal clients. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, on the operation side, our team can specialize instead of needing to, to learn all of the different tools to support a plumbing business or to support another business. We learn Shopify, Amazon, WooCommerce. We, we learn the inventory systems and we can go really deep on that. And the benefit of that deep knowledge is we were actually able to build our first app this year based on
0: Ooh. deep
1: expertise in, in solving an e-commerce accounting problem. A few years ago, we would never have been in a position to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you'd have to create a universal app for all types of businesses, which would number one, just be a mess. And number two, probably wouldn't be as optimized for any of your clients versus, you know, here it is an app. Is this the app that I'm seeing on the homepage at B Ninjas? It's like right there and on like an iPad or a Surface or something like that.
1: It's not. So it's a bit hidden. It's only applicable to certain a certain segment of our customers. Oh,
0: I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's a Shopify competitor that comes out of Australia called Maripos Commerce, we build an integration mm-hmm. between that and the accounting software. That's how we're Solving our own pain point because there was a whole lot of manual work required to do that. And so we built it and then other accountants and other businesses who are doing their own accounting also are willing to... It helps them save them time. So they pay for it too.
0: Yeah, this is really great. Um, you had mentioned 25 employees or 25 people working with you now. Do you remember how many were working with you before and what were some of the growing pains perhaps that you experienced when when trying to hire? Because that's definitely a, a common occurrence.
1: I can't remember exactly, but I'd say it was probably about 15. And some okay. of our growth has been through a merge acquisition process. So we had a, another firm join us with eight people. Oh, wow. So, so some of it's been organic growth and some of it has been through through that process. But I've, I've found growth is not linear. So for us, we go through a growth phase and then we get too busy and then systems break and then we we need to (laughs) hire people. And then it's almost like we plateau while we focus on rebuilding everything for that next phase or that growth phase. And then we focus on growing again and and get the marketing engine going. So for (laughs) us, it's been trying to balance that of, oh, we'll grow really quickly, but then that causes all of this, this operational pain. And so can we start to hire ahead and we are better at that, but I still wouldn't say we're fantastic. In the early days, we were terrible. It was only when we we're mm-hmm. really feeling the pain of, oh, we absolutely desperately need, need a person in this role. We should have hired for that six months ago. Let's scramble and get someone. So we are Great. better on the organizational chart of planning out of who the next role should be. When can we afford to hire them based on the cash flow forecast and try to get someone into that seat before we desperately need them.
0: I love it. So it's more of a proactive approach now versus a, a reactive approach to business and operations, which is the way it should be. And, uh, and I'm curious, with relation to that, how do you plan for the future in your business? Are you together with a leadership team, and do you meet and, and tell us a little bit about the inside of Be Ninjas and how you have the sort of forward thinkingness? And more specifically, when are you meeting to plan, and how long are you planning for?
1: We do have a leadership team. So there's a, a elite, we're in three different countries: America united kingdom and australia so we've got a country mm-hmm. leader in each of those countries and we used to do an annual meetup well we actually only did one in 2019 where we'd bring the team together and in person do strategic planning team building all of that sort of stuff that that's hasn't been possible for the last two years <laughs> <Not right. laughs> so we're, we're trying to do we're doing it remotely so we're actually in the middle of our 2022 planning process we use a framework from the book Traction, the Entrepreneur's Operating System. We've adapted it a little bit for ourselves. They recommend 10-year planning, which is too far ahead for us. So we do more like, we've got a North Star of where we want to be in 10 years, but it's very broad brushstrokes. And then we think about three years, what each of these business units want their revenue to be, what kind of Mm -hmm. profit margin are they picturing, and what's the rough organizational chart going to look like? So who do they need to hire to get there? And they, they build that out for one, two, and three years. And then we also plan quarterly. In traction, they call it rocks. It's just like goals. So what are the projects that your team wants to work on and deliver? And how does that align to achieving the North Star? How's that going to help the business achieve its goals? So we use that framework. We've been using that framework for a couple of years now. The biggest mistake we've made with that is trying to do too many projects. It's hard when you've got an operational role to also execute on lots of projects. So it's a great framework, but my recommendation is if you're getting started with it, just pick one or two projects for each key person in your team and and help them to build confidence that they can execute on that. And then you can increase it. Whereas we had five projects for this person and four for that, and then we didn't hit any of them. And that's not really helping to build confidence in our ability to, to execute on projects.
0: That's amazing advice. Traction, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth by Gabriel Weinberg, obviously on Amazon or anywhere else. Is that the book?
1: There's two tractions. It's quite confusing. So there's another one by Gino Wickman. And so the one I'm talking about is by Gino Wickman.
0: Gino. Okay. That's what I was thinking because we've interacted with him before and then this is the first one to pop up. And I was like, oh, maybe it's this one. So let me just make sure. Traction, Gino Wickman. Sorry, Gino. That's my bad. Get a grip on your business. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Thank you for that. Speaking of getting a grip on our businesses, we also have a lot of things that happen in our lives that we have to you know, work around. I know you have a new addition to the family. Uh, how's that been now adding a, a little one to the mix on top of the business? How's that changed your sort of work ethic and h- how you approach the business?
1: The good thing about having a baby is you have nine months to prepare everything before they arrive. <laughs> And so for me, it was a great forcing mechanism to remove myself from the business when my daughter was born a couple of years ago. Now, my my goal with starting Bean Ninjas was always that I would actually I say I want to build a seven figure business and work twenty hours a week. Mm -hmm. And three years in, we were working towards those revenue goals, but my hours weren't really reducing. I was I was putting in the hours and wasn't really making any progress towards the lifestyle part of business. So I was already aware of that and, and try to cut back my hours, remove, delegate, and, and hire the right people. But it, it really fast-tracked things. Knowing that we were about to have a family and that I want to be a hands-on mom and, and involved It meant that I had nine months to, I had an organizational chart mapped out on a bit of paper and there were lots of gaps. My name was still in lots of boxes and I had to get that all sorted so that I could take time. I didn't want to be checking emails in the hospital. I didn't want to be two two weeks in to enjoying time with a newborn and worrying about business. So it really forced me for nine months to work super hard to get all the right leaders in place to run the business. And when I came back, I came back to work part-time and enjoyed that. But then the pandemic hit, so then that upended the business, and we—I needed to come back more than I was expecting. Just to, Mm -hmm. we had to reposition the business, make tough changes, so that was not expected. And then I found myself going down the cycle of more things coming back to me, and and not being disciplined enough to say no to what I had previously delegated. But this year in 2021, I've been focused on that again, and down to a—I went to a four-day work week in July, and I'm back on a a three-day. Work week it was supposed to be the beginning of Q4, but it was actually this week that I am oh, back wow. on the, the, the three day work week.
0: Very nice. I mean, this sort of roller coaster of of life, definitely, and business is is not all uncommon. And you know, it's like seasons, right? And you know, the pandemic threw everybody off, and myself and my family included. But. It seems like you are now on a great path. This four-day slash three-day work week, is that a schedule that you've put for you or is that like an entire team sort of situation? Tell me about about that and and what was the origin of that? At
1: the moment, it's just for me and I've been experimenting with that, but we would love to have that for the whole team. I'm not sure if you can see behind me, but we've got three core values and one is freedom and and another is always growing, which is about continuous improvement. But the freedom one is about everyone in the team having flexible hours. We've we've done this for six years. Choose your own work hours, fit that in around your family. Lots of our team members have young families uh, and really do great work, but don't sacrifice in other parts of your life. Many of our team do work part-time, but our full-timers aren't on a four-day work week. But I, in my experience, I feel like I'm getting as much done, almost as much done because I'm concentrating on the right things. It's that forcing right. mechanism of mm-hmm. you need to say, you need to say, no, did you really need to do that meeting or did you really need to attend that event and really think about what's important personally as well as for the business.
0: It's true. It's sort of like when you have a house, right? And the bigger the house is like, you're going to find ways to fill in that those spaces. And then you're going to just collect dust on a lot of things, right? (laughs) Versus like, if you have a small home, then you're forced to make decisions on, well, what do we really actually need? And what do we maybe are okay not having in this space? So I I love that. And I'm thankful that more and more people are talking about the four-day work week inside of their workforce. We are actually implementing implementing a four-day work week in 2022 as well which the team is excited about. And we're going to experiment with that too. And there's a lot of studies and other things that have shown that it does increase productivity. So we're excited to experience that for sure. As far as the business itself, Bean Ninjas, I'd love to know how you are growing. What are the things that you're doing to get more leads and and get out there and get more people coming in the door?
1: Our main driver has always been word of mouth. And a lot of people will say, that's not a marketing strategy.
0: Oh, it totally is.
1: (laughs) But but that's how people buy accounting products. They talk to their friends, say, who did you have a great experience with? Mm -hmm. And and they'll ask around and get recommendations. So that's still our biggest driver. And for that to work we need to do great work and provide a customer experience. So we, we really think about customer experience from how someone interacts with us on our website. What's the experience like when they have their first discovery call, the onboarding experience? So we, mm-hmm. some of our marketing is actually more product related of, of how can we make that great and then encourage people to share stories about working with B-Ninjas or actively ask for recommendations if they might have a friend that, that need e-commerce accounting help as well. That's part of it. We've also been working on content marketing for six years. So I started a blog the day we started Beanagers. I'm an accountant, so I'm not a writer. I was trained to write in a corporate, professional way that is not <laughs> engaging. That is not what you you do with a blog post. So I think we we really did not really get any results from the blog for the two or three years, but we mm-hmm. kept on writing content, and eventually that's built a, a flywheel. So now we, ha- we nice. rank for a lot of accounting-related keywords. And so we have leads come through every week where it says they found us on a Google search and, and what kind of keyword that they were searching when they found... Not everyone fills that out, but we try and figure that out and, and relate who our ideal clients that come through, what were they actually searching when they found us, if, if they found us like that. Content marketing and SEO is a core piece of our marketing strategy. And then the other is around community and live events. We're part of different online e-commerce communities and then we'll try and participate in those events. We're not accountants. We're not really salesy. It's more about building relationships and and seeing where we can help and add value. And then Mm -hmm. that's a slow strategy. But over time, we we build those relationships and we get known in these e-commerce communities.
0: I mean, that's foundational. And I think that every business should be focusing on relationships. And I love how you even said yourself, you're like, we're not salesy. We're just here to show up and provide value. And you let the product almost speak for itself and the customers will speak for you on your behalf. And, and that's what I've, you know, talked about for years. It's, it's what I do. It's what I practice. It's super fans, right? The book, the, the mm-hmm. book I wrote. And I think that that's great. Cause this is a, you know, you're like, Oh, accounting, like that's kind of dry sounding on the surface, but you can really make it a special experience. And that's exactly what it seems like you're doing. What, Else do you do other than like a really amazing onboarding experience and you know accounting stuff that works to delight your customers and and keep them around?
1: There's little things. So we have NPS probably doesn't delight them, but that's our way of at scale checking in every quarter to make sure that we're doing a good job and to get feedback. We also have what we call a gap analysis call. So every quarter, well, it's almost like a little mini feedback survey as well as NPS to say, hey, is there anything we can improve? Do you want to jump on a call with one of the relationship managers if there is something that you're not happy about or that you'd like us to be doing differently? And that way we're trying to encourage feedback and for our, our customers to know that we care, we want to improve if there's something you don't like, please let us know. We, we want to make things great. So We often have someone t- take us up on that call or sometimes they just want to connect and, and ask about opinion on, you know, should we acquire this other brand or something like that? So sometimes sure, yeah. the call goes in that direction, but we, we want to at least create that environment that we're open to feedback. We want to improve and, and let us know how we can do that. And I suppose the other part of that is we have a process map of all of the touch points so thinking about that onboarding experience and really thinking through what would someone be feeling? Accounting can, can cause a lot of stress. People tend to worry about it. We know that if a, one of our customers is feeling like that, how can we make them feel less stressed with that interaction? So do we need to provide them more information? Do we need to have a warm tone in the, in the email so that they feel like we're taking care of them, that we've we've got it covered? They don't need to worry about this anymore. So we've tried to think about the, the emotions as well as just the process of, oh, you go through onboarding, you talk to this person, you have a kickoff call. So that's mapped out in our email flow and, and the call flow as well.
0: Love that. Wow, that's super smart. And it's all about empathy, right? Especially when it comes to customer service. But... When you do that, people will love you for that, and I and I think this is why you have people sticking around and sharing the product with other people who are around them. Uh, final question, Marilyn. Thank you again for this conversation. It's always amazing to catch up, and I loved everything you're saying. What's the future of being Ninjas? What's your? I know you've been planning with the leadership team for 2022, but you know, even longer term, what do you what are you thinking for the brand and where to go from here? And you know, with relation to family and all, all these other things going on, have you given any thought to you know five years from now what the business looks like?
1: We have our north star, which is we want to be a world class international e commerce accounting firm. So we're competing. There's Ernst and Young, PwC. There's the big four accounting firms that are very expensive, but mm-hmm. then there's the suburban firms. But there's not many international firms, and, and e commerce businesses sell internationally. They might start in Australia, but then they want to sell into the US or they want to into the EU. And there's not many accountants that have teams in those countries that can cater to that. So we want to be world-class and in that area. So that's the direction that the business is going. And then personally, I'm actually about to, at the end of this year, I'm stepping down as CEO and into an advisor capacity. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. And so part of that is reducing my hours. So I'll be going to two days and then ultimately to one or half a day a week. I don't think I can, the business isn't big enough for me to fully leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I love it anyway. They, they say you, your business shouldn't be your baby, but it kind of is when you, when you start yep. from scratch. So I think I'll always be around a little bit, but I'm definitely stepping back to allow other leaders in the business to come forward and and take things to the next level. So that's what's next for me is next year, I won't be in the CEO role anymore. I'll be spending more time with family, working less, taking a sabbatical, and yeah. but also there to mentor the other leaders in our team and help them take the business to the next level.
0: That's incredible. Well, you've earned it. I mean, you've built this thing and now you can hand it off, hand off the baton, if you will, and you can... Whew, to finally do what's important to you right now and hang out with family or maybe start another venture, we'll see. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, when we walk <laughs> away from something, it could be feeling like something's missing sometimes, right? And we still need to scratch that itch sometime. But I love the direction. I resonate with it very much. And Meryl, thank you again for coming on today. Besides Be Ninjas, that's plural, Be BeNinjas.com. Where can people go to find out more?
1: I'm quite active on LinkedIn, which is okay. Meryl Johnston. And I'm just getting started on Twitter. So happy to connect there as well. And that's the same, Meryl Johnston.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been excellent. Thank you, Meryl. I appreciate you and good luck and and congrats.
1: Thanks so much, Pat.
0: All right. I hope you enjoyed that catch up with Meryl. Again, you can find her and her business at bean ninjas.com. You can also find her on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Meryl, thank you so much for that update. Just amazingly inspirational, especially to know where you're going and what's happening and what you've done and what you've created for somebody else to now take the baton from and take it to the next space while you can focus on the things that are important to you. That just resonates with me so, so much, and a great message here to listen to while we come into the end of the year here. Speaking of the end, this is the beginning. What I mean by that is this is episode 1200 and don't worry, the next few episodes are gonna remain exactly the same. We have a couple more Where Are They Now? episodes coming to finish off and cap off the year. Some really exciting updates to share with you. But moving into 2022, um, not right away, but perhaps in February, we are still working on it as we speak at the time of this recording. It's November right now. But we are going to be introducing a Ask Pat 3.0. And we're actually gonna be changing the name of the podcast. It's gonna be called the smart bar and the smart bar some of you might recognize that because the smart bar was actually a section at FlynnCon in 2019 it was a area where you could come up and get access to all of our partners and friends who were there to serve you so almost like the genius bar to apple store but the smart bar and it was cool because people at this event were bringing their computers to convert kit and saying, hey, ConvertKit, can you help me with this campaign or to Teachable? And we had so many other people there. We want to bring that concept onto this podcast. And what that means is when you have a question or you need some help, not only will I be available, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. But we're going to tap into our network to be able to help you and provide the best information education for you with relation to whatever problem or concern you might have. Because it is not just the Pat Flynn show here. It is actually SPI, but not just SPI. It's SPI and all of our amazing partners and our community members who might be able to step up and help serve as well. So what this is gonna do, is gonna allow for more voices to be heard. It's gonna allow for a little bit of time and space for me as well to focus on some other things. But don't worry, like I said, I'm not going anywhere. And most of all, it's gonna provide better help and value to you. So I'm gonna share more information about what this means, how you might ask questions, how you might still be able to get some help. Again, not just from me, but from several people, including team members here in Team SPI, including some of our partners and affiliates, including some of the companies that I advise, including maybe some of you. So that's the Smart Bar and it's coming in 2022. So I hope you enjoy that. If you heard this message, first of all, thank you. Happy holidays to you and your family. And let me know that you heard it and let me know what you think about the smart bar. And that's gonna be coming in 2022. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, at Pat Flynn is where you can find me. We'd love to hear your thoughts. It's new year. We're trying some new stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Make sure you stick around for the next couple of where are they now episodes. We got, we got some good stuff coming your way. Anyway, take care. Thanks so much. Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session.